0: One and we are live for a new episode of the electric podcast i am fred lambert your host and i'm joined by set How are you doing this week, set i'm doing a lot
1: better than you sounds like <laughs> yeah. pretty sick
0: yeah i just came back from mexico everyone i'm back in quebec but uh
1: bit of a bug that i caught there
0: uh not covid apparently testing negative but uh, doesn't mean i don't feel horrible which i do I'm going to, but I've been in every one of these podcast episodes for like, how long we've been doing that set? Four years or something? Yeah, three or four years. Four four years or something. So I'm going to try to uh, still be there today, still go through the podcast. Got to keep the streak going. Yes. Uh, So bear with me if my energy is uh, a little bit lower than usual or if I have to uh, mute myself to to cough or even swallow because my throat is uh, killing me. All right. Uh, we have a few uh, interesting pieces of news to discuss, though. So uh, let's uh, jump into it, see if it gives me some energy before I crash. Um, we had this little exclusive yesterday. We have some sources, as you know, we have a few sources at Tesla that uh, keep us uh, in the loop about how things are going, especially at the end of quarters and things like that. It's uh, It's fun to know how the order rates are and uh if if they're still doing well which we we know they're doing pretty well but like the the context has changed a little bit that uh, makes it interesting and uh, that context is if you uh well hopefully you drive an electric vehicle if you're listening to the podcast or you if not I'm sorry right now uh <laughs> hopefully you're looking to do it in the future but if you drive past a gas station uh check the prices because they are quite interesting right now and uh, it is due to, the, of course, the conflict in Ukraine right now. Call, call it the conflict in Ukraine, but let's be honest. This is a, yeah, a war, a <laughs> Russian invasion of Ukraine. Uh, nothing to laugh about, but uh, unfortunately, <laughs> the context of it, we, we the way the way we talk, like a lot of people are suffering, a lot of people are dying. But here in North America, the way we're talking about it, it was like, hey, pay too much for gas because of it uh it's it's the way that things works, unfortunately but then we have of course good thoughts for the people of ukraine everyone affected more uh violently by this uh this conflict i think everyone can agree on that but that's not really what we talked about here on the podcast so let's talk about what's um of concern is the price the price of gas because of embargoes <laughs> it's funny embargoes that they have on the uh, the U.S. officially has made an embargo now, but on on uh, oil and gas from Russia. Uh, but it's I think two or three percent of uh, U.S. imports are are coming from Russia, so it's not that big of a deal.
1: Yeah, single digits.
0: Yeah, um, Europe would be a big deal, but no European countries have officially decided to go there because it would be quite dramatic for them. Because I think thirty or forty percent of their oil and gas is coming from Russia. But I mean, there is the uh, UK actually did, but they're not part of the EU. Yeah, they're not part of the EU anymore. Brexit. Um, yeah, this uh, th- there there's been like the Refinery Association. There's been like a few organizations a few organization within the fossil fuel industries that have put kind of a self imposed embargo on Russian um, petrol. But like Shell was part of that association, and then. When the Russians gave them a good enough price, they they just went for it anyway. They're like, oh, $28 a barrel? Mm, Okay, (laughs) we'll go for it when it's selling for $100. And they still jacked the
1: price on the uh, consumers.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Whoever ended up buying that at the gas pump, I'm sure they didn't end up paying with – uh, would have been the the cost just a few weeks ago at that price? Well, no, no. I mean, that hasn't been at twenty eight dollars a barrel for a while, I think. But anyway, now I think last uh, during some point this week, the national average in the U.S. was four twenty five a gallon, I think. Uh, and uh, worse than some places of the country, of course, like uh, uh, California has it rougher. Uh, New York too, I think. Said uh, I don't know. I you, you don't know how closely you follow their gas prices now that you've only been <laughs> driving not, electric for years.
1: Not real close.
0: Uh, um, but yeah, I think New York has a bad too. Yeah. Uh, so what it does, though, is it's uh, pushing a lot of people to electric vehicles. So that's the uh, little silver lining of this whole thing. And, of course, in the U.S., if you're talking about electric vehicles, you're talking about Tesla because about 80% of the electric cars on the road are, are Tesla vehicles in the U.S. Um, and our sources tell us that Tesla has seen its order rate jump from week to week here. So like just from last week to this week with the… Uh, bulk of the increase and people starting to uh, absorb that information and uh, do their budget maybe and realize that, uh, they uh, they increase the order rate in some regions by a hundred percent so doubling the the order rate which is quite massive. Uh, of course, now. What does that do? That that, that doesn't do much because Tesla is already sold out for months ahead of time anyway. uh, It's not like they're going to deliver more cars in the near future. It's not going to even affect this quarter, really. Uh, Other than the fact that what we've been seeing out of Tesla, though, is that uh, they've been focusing. Now, your delivery time is a lot faster if uh, you had more options. We reported just this week that uh, you you can shorten it by up to six months if you choose the FSD option, $12,000 FSD option. Uh, A bunch of other options also, um, like the wheels or... With just a different color of paint uh, that that adds like $2,000 to the price of your car. So it's I don't think it's really about the hardware itself. It's more about just making your car more expensive, making the gross margin more attractive to Tesla. They're going to deliver those cars faster. So if they have a bigger backlog, a bigger pool of uh, orders to pick and choose from, uh, then they can focus in a quarter to have a like, higher gross margin that quarter by um, funneling more of the higher priced uh, vehicle in there.
1: I mean, nothing's going to affect gross margin like FSD, which costs yeah. the consumer twelve thousand dollars and costs Tesla like zero. I mean, obviously
0: zero, the- but they don't they don't recognize all of that revenue on that in that quarter. It's not clear how much they recognize in revenue out of it right now. Uh, I don't even know how they how they do that at this point because so. Do they recognize the revenue too from because there is a decent amount of features has been delivered in FSD now because of the merging of the enhanced autopilot feature and the FSD feature. But a lot of people like for that like ninety percent of the value of the actual package has to be delivering full self driving capability, which hasn't hasn't done at all. There's the FSD beta, of course, but that's limited to just some owners. So if you're not included in the beta, are you? Do, do you even do you recognize less vol, less revenue from that order if they're not in the beta yet as soon as they sent you the beta the test accounting like check check a box and then they recognize more like it has to be so complicated at this level yeah. but uh, every quarter or so Tesla gave an update like we recognize this amount of revenue from uh, because we deliver more features or whatever in FSD it's always interesting to follow that. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's going to be – uh it's probably going to be a story to follow in terms of Tesla's financial throughout this year. The take rate of FSD, how it's affected by the long timelines. Because uh, right now, yeah, speaking of the timelines, let me just look at it real quick here because I did share them. Uh, in the U.S., Tesla is guiding July 2022 for new orders of the base Model 3 you can get it faster with uh, more option or a long range version and September 2022 for the model Y. Uh, So that's the one that makes a big difference. If you had FSD to model Y, uh, you can get it probably within three months instead of uh, six, nine months.
1: Yeah, that's quite a big difference. Yeah. Then
0: uh price increase. Is it a coincidence? I don't know, but, uh, Tesla uh, increased the price of the Model 3 and Model Y long range this week. And uh, that's the interesting part here, just the long range versions and, and performance version for the Model Y. So $1,000, now the Model 3 long range starts at 52000 And the, uh, the Model Y here is the, is the big kicker. The Model Y starts at uh, uh, f- f- $60,000. That's $10,000 more than it did 12 months ago, which is wild. Um, so do you but,
1: think this is because of the nickel?
0: Yeah, that's what I thought was interesting here because yeah, big a lot of people have been focusing on on, on the gas price increase. Even Elon himself, I've been focusing on the gas price increase. He's like, uh, we need to drill more oil, which kind of pissed off a lot of people. Um, but I guess he's more concerned about the short term impact on civilization if uh, if we run out of oil. Um, but nickel, Russia is a third largest producer in the world of nickel and nickel is extremely important to the production of batteries and it's already it has already been uh, kind of squeezed from and the increased battery production i had an interesting piece of data that oh it's not i didn't leak the nickel article in there um that's unfortunate but I think I think the batteries from electric vehicles represent right now about 5% of the demand for the supply of nickel in the world, because also nickel is used in a ton of other industries. But it's expected to increase to over 50% of the supply within the end of the, this decade alone. So with the increase on in electric vehicle production and battery production for electric vehicles, it's going to... Take much bigger part of the nickel supply production capacity today, and that's with conservative estimates of vehicle growth. As you know, and that I track, we think it's going to happen much faster than that. Again, if the supply chains can support it. But now, with fear of well, not just fear, like actual embargoes and Russian and export and everything, they fear that uh, it's going to limit the supply of nickel uh, to production of batteries and the price. Skyrocketed. I mean, skyrocketed already before anything happened with the Ukraine and Russia. It was already increased by like already doubled over the last few years. Uh, last year alone, I think 30% increase, something it was going up fast, but it increased a hundred percent over the space of two days this week. Or I guess was it la- um, at the end of last week, uh, within the last week, and uh. And it was a very strange situation that happened because, of course, it was, the price was going up lately because of the concerns in Russia. But what I've what I learned in my research is that um, the world's biggest nickel producer based in China had a giant short position on nickel prices with puts on contracts, puts contracts. I guess, to edge their position on nickel since they are the biggest nickel producers. Uh, I didn't even know that people did that. I, I'm not that business savvy, I guess. Um, but then <laughs> what happened is that with the price surging, they had a giant margin call on those short, on that short position on nickel. And they were owing $8 billion, which was which an insane amount of money. And now they had to sell their nickel to pay that, that, that short position. But not only that, the only reason that they only increased by 100% is because the London Metal Exchange and the Shanghai Exchange both stopped trading metal because they were going to bankrupt the biggest mm, uh, nickel <laughs> producer in the world. I'm not making this up, people. That's crazy. This is, this is crazy. Makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, and you know what? Like like six days later, we were it's, it's still uh not trading. Like they, they're still not trading it for fear of it going out of control again and uh people getting bankrupt. And um a lot of people are mad about it because a lot of people were trading it. A lot of people are invested in nickel, my myself included, uh to be honest, but I mean I don't care about like uh the price increase like that makes no sense anyway. So I'm not I wasn't counting on that. I'm just counting on just uh, the demand increasing rapidly, but w- why it's interesting that it relates to this price increase from Tesla is because the price increase was only for the long range version, which is which are the version that requires nickel. Because Tesla has switched to uh, iron phosphate battery chemistry for the base version of the Model Three, which hasn't received a price increase and doesn't use nickel. Now. People are like, yeah, it doesn't work that fast and everything. Like, Tesla has already uh, inventory and everything. Sh- sure. But again, those are for new orders. Like, the people won't get those cars for uh, to, until the end of the year. So I don't know. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's not that. But, uh, and also interesting because it's, it's hard to, all right, nickel prices increase by this amount of money. How does it actually affect the price of a full size electric car? And uh, Morgan Stanley did the math, actually. And they say for a long-range vehicle, like a Tesla Model 3, a Tesla Model Y, it adds up to about $1,000. So this is significant, like on a $50,000 car, $1,000 increase from just the increase of a price of one material inside a car. It's no joke.
1: And it's really close to what Tesla raised the price of. so
0: Yeah. Interesting. It is. It is Interesting. All right, still on the Ukraine uh, crisis, uh, Tesla got involved a little bit more this week. Uh, We reported when it first started that Tesla made the supercharging station free for for Tesla owners, but not just Tesla owners, also uh, non-Tesla EV owners uh, in uh, Slovakia, uh, Poland, and Hungary. Tesla doesn't have supercharger in Ukraine, but a lot of people were fleeing the country. So... Just to have them, have one less thing to think about. They they did that this week. They expanded the program to all charging stations in Poland and Slovakia. Uh, because a lot of uh, people, uh, refugees, are going deeper into those countries now, and uh, also even like, uh, going uh, deeper to Europe and uh, and everywhere around the world. All right? that is taking uh, is taking refugees from Ukraine. And uh, last time I checked, it was over a million already. I think. Or are, are they
1: expecting oh, a million, you, a million? It, I think it's closer to two million at this point.
0: Two two million now, yeah.
1: And it's just, now it's that it's hard to hard to imagine though, like yeah. a refugee and a Tesla. <laughs> like it, those are two things that don't really <laughs> Yeah, in my I brain. I'm sure there are like yeah. but my brain I is know, so I understand weird.
0: your point. I understand your point for sure. Um yeah, but and, but uh, now so we learned that from from a letter that uh, Tesla sent to the employees and it uh, was leaked on uh, CNBC. And uh, Tesla really confirmed that later that uh, because, like I, I said last time, Tesla doesn't actually sell their cars in Ukraine, and all Tesla owners in Ukraine are people that imported the vehicle themselves. But Tesla says that they, they believe that there's over 5,000 Tesla owners in Ukraine, which is impressive for countries that they're not even in. Uh, you'd think they'd be in that, at that point, normally, that, because that's parts of how they do it, where they, the uh, they look at how many people go through the painful process of importing their own car in there. And if there's enough people, it's like, all right, there's enough demand that uh, if we were to go in there, it'd, it'd be a, a good market for us. But, uh, of course, there was also the geopolitical situation that has been a problem in Ukraine for the last uh, almost a decade now, really. Yeah. Um, but a few other things that we learned to that letter, too, is that Tesla has done more to help uh, Ukrainians. Tesla has a lot of Ukrainians' employees, too, and again, not necessarily in Ukraine because they don't operate there, but uh, Ukrainians uh, are are smart people that uh, work all over the world. Uh, Some of them work for Tesla, and a lot of them are being recalled right now uh, as reservists in in the army uh, to try to combat, uh, to to, to fight the Russian invasion. And Tesla has told them that uh, if that's the case, uh, they will receive uh, up to three months of pay while they are uh, going there. And uh, so they don't have to worry about their job and their financial situation as they go and uh, fight for their country, uh, which is, of course, a right thing to do from Tesla. And, of course, uh, people are eh, just three months? like, What if it lasts than three months? Tesla just said, like, right now we have, you're authorized for three months and we're going to reevaluate the situation uh, and within three months. So um, I guess they're hopefully thinking that this is going to be resolved by then. But uh, who knows? Uh, then lastly... Um, we learned, of course, of another Elon Musk company doing something for Ukraine, which is SpaceX with the Starlink uh, Internet Satellite Constellation, sending uh, a bunch of terminals in Ukraine to make the system work there so that uh, they can keep the Internet running, especially for infrastructure reasons and uh, uh, the army and and, uh, and other infrastructure in Ukraine. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um Tesla was actually involved in that. Apparently, the uh, P- a team at Gigafactory Berlin helped package those uh, those Starlink terminals, and uh, they also de- deployed with them a fleet of Tesla Powerwalls. Uh, so, of course, because if you have the terminal but you cannot power it, it's worthless. But if you have a Powerwall, you don't need the grid to be up to to power your Starlink or any other things that you would need to uh, uh, to fight. So uh, they, they put that together with, uh, with their team. Uh, the system included also PV inverter given uh, by our certified uh, installer network, pre-made DC cable given by our supercharger installation partners, and AC cable made out of scrap from Giga Berlin, uh, a team of 40 plus volunteers uh, across the e- EMEA organization. <coughs> Sorry, I'll do that. And but then what we found today, uh, thanks to a reader that sent this to us, is that Tesla actually produced a cool video where they show how to use that power wall as a as kind of a mobile power station because power wall is not really built for for what they, the Ukrainians are using it right now. It's built for the home. It's a home battery pack. You install it on your wall. You connect it to your electrical panel. Uh, you connect it with a gateway that communicates with the panel and the power wall tell you when to activate backup load or to uh, take better advantage of our solar rooftop system. It's not made to just power electronics in the in the field, um, but Tesla like, produced this fun little video here. Well, it's not fun, I guess. It's just interesting if you uh, if you like that stuff. But they get it delivered on a skid like that. And straight from the skid with all the equipment that we just discussed in the in the Tesla email, uh, the DC and the EC cables uh, that are that are like MacGyvered out of the of the box, Tesla is able to make the power wall work from the skid that it comes out of, from the box that it comes out of, with just separ- a separate gateway and a solar inverter. If you uh, sorry, if you uh, need the the um, to. String some solar panel in order to make it last a little bit longer. Because of course you have almost 14 kilowatt hour of uh, capacity in there, which for, for the Starlink terminal alone, if that's what you want to use it for, which I guess was the main goal when Tesla deployed those um, for Ukrainians, you can last probably days on, on just on just running that. Uh, but if you want to last it longer, or if you want to use more more things, because the power wall has a five kilowatt of capacity, so it can power a lot more than just uh, a starting terminal you uh, you can string a bunch of solar panels on it and make it work but look like it, it's even they even cut out the the box so that the um, the cables can just run outside of them like that that they change it because the cable connection are normally hardwired now they have uh, different connectors at the end so that they can just connect it to uh, I think it's connected to the gateway uh, yeah the ec power cable uh, to the to the gateway and uh, so that the, the gateway is kind of the brain of the of the situation here. And they have the AC outlets uh, coming out of it. Uh, this is for the communication cable so that uh, the gateway can talk to the power wall. And uh, yeah, you see it a little bit. Less, so he just turns it on. Uh, yeah. You need the 12 volt power apparently to start up the gateway, but once you have it set up with the inverter, you don't, uh, you don't need that. Uh, so, but just to start it up, the use a little power pack here for, uh, for 12-volt power. Uh, but then now the power wall is running. You can literally close it up like that, and now you have a working power wall inside its own box. And that's uh, cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So now he's literally just plugging a, a, a lamp on the uh, AC outlet, just to show, well, in this case, like, it's an example of starting terminal. But for uh, a more visual example, let's just do a, a lamp, and uh, it's going to turn on, powered by a... A power wall is a mobile power station. Now it's not turning on.
1: So, so do they come charged? I don't
0: uh, know. Well, I can insert that actually because I had an installation lately, and I think it was charged up to something like twenty percent, maybe something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, in this situation, I don't know if they can deliver them um, a bit more charge. So now he's connecting the uh, AC, um, the the uh, solar inverter, so that uh-huh. we can string solar panels to it. Uh, and they, they they tell you even like how like they, they say put it like that in the box. They don't want it to put because normally you put it upside down because you put it on the wall. But for some reason, it's not good to have it upside down if you have cables or whatever. I don't know the situation, but they tell they you to, to a, leave it like, like that. Air flow or something. Yeah, that's probably it. And then you string the solar panel, which of course you you want to put it outside, and uh, and just like that, you have like a deployed in ten minutes. You have a working solar-powered, battery backup, power station, old power station. It's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, and you throw a Starlink on there and you have internet for...
0: Yeah, And then you can communicate with uh, other armed forces trying to protect your country against uh, foreign invaders and all that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool this morning, watching that. All right. Um... We have an official date for the start of deliveries of Gigafactory Berlin. So last week, we discussed all the approval process. Uh, and Tesla, was it was a conditional building permit with 400 condition. But surprisingly, Tesla said within two weeks, we're going to uh, take care of those. And it looks like uh, they're doing it because they're now sending out an event for March 22nd for a delivery day event. Well, the very first Tesla Model Y built in Europe built in Germany are going to be delivered so it's a big day for Tesla since uh, it's going to it's going to change a lot of it a lot of the logistics uh, involved it's going to it's and it's a great day for uh, not not just for Tesla in Europe but Tesla everywhere because uh, especially now in uh it's going to free up some space in in China some not so, some space with some capacity rather because that this the has been in Europe has been coming from China well, I assume it's still going to come to a degree for a little bit as they ramp up production, but uh, um, it's, it's going to help Tesla's logistics all around the world and production capacity. Same with uh, with Texas, which uh, should be should be the, the delivery event for Texas should be happening around the same time too, uh or not too long after, maybe first week of April. has oh, been the rumors and that. Um, all right, real quick, uh, because we talked about it the last few weeks and it's been a big story. And Tesla likes to play with those. You remember the Cybertruck when the Cybertruck was launched? Like they had a weird one too there and it was, uh, it was interesting. So the fight between Elon Musk and ACC with Tesla being caught in the middle, uh, it ramped up again this week with um, Elon officially asking the court to uh, kill the, uh, not necessarily the whole settlement from from 2018 over the funding secret tweet, but at least the the policing of uh, his tweets from the SEC, he wants that to be to be done. he, uh, he thinks it went too far. He thinks uh, it's uh, impen- uh, encroaching over his uh, First Amendment right. he, uh, he don't like it, no. uh, and and uh, he also asked the court to shut down the subpoena that came out of it over what we discussed, what apparently is related that we discussed about last week, the whole possible investigation uh, over uh, allegation of insider trading with his brother uh, when he he tweeted about the possible sell of 10% of his stocks in Tesla. So I don't know where this is going to go. Like The the whole exchange to last month with uh, his lawyers and the ACC in front of the court, that didn't go well for them the the court didn't want to see that, uh, but now they they're doing it again, but uh, this time more officially, literally asking for uh, the decree that was related to uh, to the settlement where he had to have Tesla's legal team check his tweet when they could be material to Tesla, which was all, all, always a weird demand to start with because like okay wh- what is material to Tesla it's up it's subjective and. Uh, Anyway, sorry, <laughs> i not out there right now. <laughs> oh, boy, I think it's gonna be a quick one this week. Uh, yeah. if I can make it, but uh, maybe we'll uh, if you guys have questions to ask us, maybe that's gonna be easier for me, so I'll have to uh <laughs> to go through that. But uh, if you have any questions, right up put them in the comment section and we're gonna get to them. We're just gonna have two more things to discuss, but well, there are two kind of important things to discuss. It's gonna take us maybe a little, a little while to talk about them. If you have a question, put them in the comment section. Put them in there on all cap. Or I have question all cap before it so that we can find them easier. Uh, and we'll get to it in maybe 10, 15 minutes. The ID Buzz was officially unveiled this week, the production version, because, of course, this thing has been around for, I want say, 2018, 2017, that they unveiled the original prototype for it. That's the original prototype, but the prototype of the ID Buzz, not the, of course, iconic minibus uh, from the 60s, 70s. So, yeah. 70s at least maybe not 60s yeah definitely. yeah it was, it was around 60s the 60s and 70s yeah which was of course a product that was really loved uh it, kind of a cult product cult following a lot like what we hear about tesla like trying to make people love a product is pretty hard to do but uh they, they are giving it a shot here uh trying to bring it back as an electric vehicle And uh, it's interesting because it has a good shot of being successful because, first of all, it it lives in a segment of its own right now in electric vehicles. There's not really a a microbus or minivan uh, that's all electric. There's a Mercedes, but it's not exactly the same form factor here. Uh, And, of course, with the design language uh, staying somewhat true to the original, that can can help. But, uh, yeah, the pictures of the production version or not. Showing up for some reason. Let me try that again. Oh, Designing deciding which picture to show. Well, yeah, we were a bit concerned about um, about the production version because we saw a bunch of prototypes with uh, heavy camouflage, and the uh, the they weren't great. <laughs> but uh, this this I'm fine with this. Uh, this actually looks pretty good to me. Yeah, uh, I'm okay with the uh, uh, with the production version look. I'm okay with the. Uh, I love the two-tone color match things, but I love that about a lot of cars. And VW does it well. The two-tone uh, ID. Three too, I think, looks very good.
1: Do they have a two-tone ID. Four? I don't uh, think so. Maybe they're saving that for GT version or something.
0: Yeah, that'd be nice. Interior is looking sweet, uh, kind of funky a little bit, uh, at least with this color uh, combination here of orange and white um this is the uh, five seat configuration they're going to start with that they are going to start with a five seat configuration but then there's going to be a a six seat configuration that's going to be available as two rows sorry that's not right three rows of two seats and later on there's going to be an extended wheelbase version Um, we don't know when that's going to allow for seven seat in a two three two arrangement so Going to be able to have a seven seat minivan. There's also this cargo version that's available um, that uh, you, you can do whatever you want with it. Basically, you can, uh, uh that's probably what they're going to use to do like a camper or uh, maybe for businesses I want to do deliveries and things like that. That's going to be that's going to be quite popular, I think. Um, that that's what a lot of people love about the original VW microbus. You can you can modify it however you want. Now there's a lot that we don't know from this unveiling. First of all, it was kind of delayed a little bit. Uh not in Europe. In Europe, it's still going to come in the first half of 2022 they say. Uh in uh, yeah. yeah, in 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 initial countries that are on name third quarter of 2022 start of advanced sales in initial countries. So in May in May they start the sales, then deliveries are going to start uh Wow, this is confusing and I not gonna look at it. Start of European ID bus cargo production. Okay, no, so that's right. Okay, that's production and launch. Okay, that's they do this. You have to be careful with VW for that because you remember they, they, they started production on the ID3, but uh, it took almost a year before they started a year, deliveries. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so third quarter is the first deliveries, it sounds like. In Europe, in North America, it was supposed to come next year. But uh, now they say that the long wheelbase is going to debut in North America in 2023, but the sales launch is 2024. So I don't think we're going to see that car before 2024, it sounds like. It's quite a time, quite a while. Yeah. And of course, they plan to build it apparently in North America later on. Chattanooga. Yeah. 82 kilowatt hour battery pack uh, that we already knew about that. Uh, They're not saying how much range you're going to get out of that, which is uh, fortunate. Uh, I think they, they want to keep that information closer to the launch. You should be able to get a decent range out of it, even though it's not the most efficient form factor. Uh, it's not bad either. You see that they, they put some effort into efficiency despite, uh, despite being uh, van, bus type of, uh, of shape. Uh, the pricing also is not available, unfortunately. Uh, there's been reports in the past that it would start under fifty thousand dollars, which is not bad for a vehicle of that size with an eighty-two kilowatt battery pack. It's not. It, it, it would be uh, uh, interesting. Uh, it, it comes also with all the EDS, uh, AD, ADAS uh, functionalities for uh, driver assist system, uh, intelligent driver assist system. Yeah, it's a sweet looking uh, little van right there.
1: Oh, more pictures. I agree. There. You know, one thing I didn't like about it, um, or at least the initial version, is uh, 200 horsepower motor. I think 201 actually. Uh, that's the same motor as the base ID4. And that's around the same power as like a Chevy Bolt. Which in a Chevy Bolt, that's a great motor for a Chevy mm-hmm. Bolt. But for a vehicle this big. I think. Well, I think they're really sticking to the d- tradition on that because it was know, never a powerful car. Yeah. The VW uh, bus was never a powerful car, and I think the top speed on this is like 90 miles per hour, which is you know,
0: it's fine for what up, it huh? is,
1: really. But yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, it's not. It's not what we use to uh, for electric car, like the pippiness and everything won't, won't, won't necessarily. But
1: that it. should help the gas mileage, I guess.
0: Yep, that's right, for sure. All right, now uh, let's discuss the Rivian Q4 earnings that were released yesterday, it's something a lot of people were waiting for. Uh, it's the uh, first full quarter of production, really, so it was giving us a good idea of uh, uh, of uh, Rivian's performance, uh, but of course, people were more looking into the guidance for the full year. And uh, there's some good, there's some bad, let's get to it. They lost about two point four billion dollars, so that's the bad. But that's what we were expecting. Um, a lot of people are comparing this, trying to compare this to Tesla and everything like this. Oh, let's look at how Tesla was doing when they first started production. They were losing money, uh, so it's, this is this is the same thing. But I want I want to point out some differences with uh, Tesla early on and and Rivian. Uh, in terms of size, it's completely different. Like you 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 think. Tesla is the bigger company, and yes, now it is. But when it first started production, it was a fairly small company. And when I say started production, I'm not even talking about the Roadster. Like, the Roadster was kind of a different thing of its own. I'm talking about first production of a volume vehicle. Uh, in the case of Tesla, that was, was a Model S. So if you want to compare, like, a timeline of Tesla back then versus Rivian right now, you would compare Rivian right now to Tesla, I think, in 2013, 2014, so something like that. Um to me, it looks like Rivian is just doing that, but bigger, much bigger, and that could be a good thing. That could be a bad thing because if it works, it's going to work big, fast. But if it doesn't work, I'm not saying I'm not saying that they're going to fail necessarily because they they are in a strong position. But it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better, though, and things are going to have to change. Here's why: they confirm that they have produced uh, in. Q uh, about a thousand vehicle in Q. So, so that's what is confusing because they they <laughs> they talk... This is the result for Q four last year, but they talked a lot about twenty twenty two because it looks better. Like what up, they They talked a lot about up to March eight, which was uh, uh, two days before they released the, the earnings. So they have produced. 2,425 vehicles since the start in production last year. 1,400, was produced in 2022, so that puts you about a thousand units last year. So they produced the uh, roughly a thousand cars in uh, in Q4, and they lost 2.4 billion doing that.
1: Does that include the uh, delivery vans? Yeah,
0: there was a few delivery and they, they, they mentioned all cars they, they, they don't separate name but they said that the the r1tr1s and the the EDV the electric delivery van for Amazon they're all in it but I think that I think right now it's not big volumes that did every van to be honest even though they have a hundred thousand of them on order sorry um, yeah so the big thing is uh, they losing money on those cars obviously but the the rate is what's important here and the gross margin. So obviously they have a negative gross margin on those vehicles right now, plus they are investing heavily. The big difference with Tesla at that time they they were losing money as a company just like Rivian, but their gross margin was actually positive and pretty good for Tesla early on. It's just that Tesla was reinvesting so much in growth that they were still losing money as a company until the last few years, like 2019, they started being profitable. So Rivian is playing a similar game here, but we need to see them reach a positive gross margin on the vehicles. Not positive, not profit as a company that I'm, that's not what I'm looking for. That's years and years away, I think, but the gross margin on making cars is important because as you ramp up production, if you're still losing money on every car and you're producing thousands of cars, now a quarter, it's starting to be painful uh, financially. And, here, when you look at things, okay, now they've produced 1,400 cars in, in 2022. Uh, they say that they are making some improvement in the in the production rate, that the, the exit rate doubled uh, the last two weeks versus Q4. That's good, but it's still not that great because, again, this is, we're talking about a few hundred vehicles per week max. Now, uh, you look at the guidance for the year, which was cut to 25,000 units. They say that they can... They, they have everything in place to produce fifty thousand units per year, but the supply chain's issue is what's bringing them down to twenty five thousand units. Which okay, that's fair. Everyone is having, everyone is having supply chain issues right now. But then they say also that these, they think they're going to still have a negative gross margin on those cars throughout twenty twenty two. Twenty five thousand car production unit is a decent number. Losing money on all of those is 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 painful. Um, when Tesla was producing twenty five thousand cars a year, they were already at like a 19, 20 percent gross positive gross margin. Like this is, of course, now they had thirty and everything, and they're producing a million cars a year. But this is a completely different company as it was back then, and you cannot compare it now to to Rivian. But it's a lot of money uh, that they're going to be losing and uh the market didn't like that cuz the stock was down as much as 13% in after market hours after they released that i think it was down 7% today so they they recovered a little bit but uh not as much but Rivian's stock has been hammered i mean it was trading 150 million billion dollars last year and now it's down uh it, it was at trading as low as 33 billion i think now it's probably like 35 billion something like that so uh its uh, the, its valuation has been crushed um Two silver linings, it's important because it looks like I'm hammering on Rivian here, but it's not exactly what I'm saying. Uh, they still have $18 billion cash on end. Of course, they raised like 13 or $14 billion to their public offering in November. Before that, they already had raised over like $20 billion in a um, private offering. So they, they, have, they still have a lot of money, so they can they have room to play here. Uh, the other silver lining, they still have, as of earlier this month, as of March 8th, 83 thousand pre-orders which uh, which is important because that's after the price debacle that we talked about last week which of course they corrected so we expected them not to lose too many orders off of that um, but the but here's the two important things still 83 thousand orders which is 10,000 more than they had last year so there's still a good rate of orders that were added and they say that they still see the same daily order average order rate as they did before the price increase because of course the big problem with the price increase was not as much the price increase but that everybody that passed an order before that had to uh, swallow that price increase so now that changed so that r- allowed Riven to keep its base of reservation orders but how does the price increase which affects new orders affects the order rate apparently not that much so that's a good news Uh, anything else you wanted to say said about the Rivian earnings?
1: Well, I was going to get in, but I don't, I don't know if it, (laughs) my, my limit. Uh, I still think it's a solid company. I don't know. It it sounds like it's a really hard time to be making electric vehicles, especially for the first time now, you know, Tesla has like buying power and and gigafactories and, you know, access to batteries. You know, it sounds like Rivian's costs are going up and like that that was before all the Russia stuff. So, you know, they have to find a way to make this car at a profit or this vehicle at a profit. And uh, it doesn't seem to be, like, obvious that they can get there. Like, I think they'll be able to get there. It just doesn't seem like it was such a home run like it was, it seemed like, you know, around IPO time. So, it's you know, that price increase and the the numbers and the, you know, the, the kind of, like, flow of bad news has been a little bit rough, and obviously the the stock price is taking a hit because of that. But, I mean, the team's good. The vehicle's good. Um, you just got to kind of weather the storm, I guess.
0: Yeah, that's a good way to put it, weather the storm. Uh, they have to... They have to find a way to... Mm-hmm. Balance the production ramp, and that was gonna achieve economies of scale because that's that's the thing you want to do. Like like, yeah, hey, we just if we can just produce more of them, it's gonna be cheaper with economy of scales. Yes, but there's also other efficiency that needs to be achieved for for gross profit because if if you try to balance that and it doesn't work and you achieve your production ramp at fifty thousand units, but you're losing money on each one of those units. That becomes completely financially unsustainable. And uh, even if you have $18 billion in pocket, if you're losing $5 billions a quarter, you, you won't last long. Yeah. But, but yeah, like I said, I, like you said, I think they have a strong team still. They still have a good product on their hand. I think they're going to figure it out. It's just going to take a little bit longer than the, I think the people that invested in the IPO thought. Yeah. All right, should All right. we get into the comments, the questions? Yep. Before
1: I my face hit the keyboard. All right, Green Gold asks, have either of you heard from GM when you will get to see the first Equinox EV? Well, we've heard the launch time, which is going to be uh, spring of next year, so about a year from now. Um, and I think the Equinox and the Blazer are going to come out around the same time. Um, I don't know. Do you think they'll have the the uh, announce event for both, or do you think they'll launch each separately, the Blazer and the Equinox?
0: I think the launch has to be, the, the unveil event has to be quite soon, unless it's coming the spring of next year. Um, yeah. Is there anything that makes sense that's coming up? Uh, the Elioto show, maybe, in November, and that's too late. The New late, York uh, on the show
1: is uh, next month. Yeah. It's rare that the unveil something big. Yeah, than the the show, uh, Um it's, it's, uh,
0: Yeah. Maybe the uh they let go of the show thing and they go full Tesla and have their own event, we'll see. Yeah,
1: I think I think that you know, if they have the Equinox Or we do an we that. do an electric event, finally.
0: An electric event yeah. they're gonna unveil it there. Who yeah, if you just need an event planner. Know anybody? <laughs> yeah. yeah, if anyone knows a good event planner, it would be cool to have a big electric, electric vehicle show. Not just about cars but everything, electric mobility, that'd be cool.
1: All right, Mark Webb says, do you have any info on when we will see the 4680s in Model X Plaid? Thinking of buying a Model X, but there may be benefits with the updated batteries. Oh, well, that's the question we get every time. Like, is it a good, when is a
0: good time to buy this Tesla? Is this Tesla? I mean, hey, you want to get your hand on the Model X right now, 4680 or not? Good luck. Good luck, Mark. <laughs> so that's the thing. I mean, when do you want your car? When right. do you want to because if you're waiting for the 4680, even you might be waiting for a long time. I'm not, I'm not saying that they're not going to come anytime soon. I'm saying that, that the order list for the model X is. I know people that have ordered a model X over a year ago that still have no idea when they're going to get it. Um, so, yeah, it's a hard time right now. But So, if we just talk about 4680 and model X, when would that make sense? When would that make sense? Are uh, they going to need all the 4680 they can make for the model Y for a foreseeable future? Then after that, I think it make more sense to introduce it in the Model 3 because this is a bigger video program that's going to benefit more from the economies of the 4680 cell. I don't think you see them, you see it in the Model X flat for maybe two or three years, honestly. Yeah. At least, I mean, it's still a good core. Like the thing, like you, you want the 4680 cell. I get it. But here's the thing, we don't even know how big of a change it actually makes yet. Tesla has yet to say anything about the model why that's we'll already in production with the 4680 cells, how it affects the lifespan. And, and they're probably not going to tell us anything because they don't want to uh, then affect their products that does not have those cells. So there's a lot of guesswork going on about it. Like, oh, everyone is saying it is the million mile battery and whatnot. Like, we. <laughs> It's uh well I'm a little bit more skeptical I think I think it's a great product and everything like I I trust Tesla when it comes to to uh, battery production sorry or battery technology but how big of a leap it is I don't think we're anywhere near the (laughs) uh like everything that was announced uh, at the battery day a few years ago.
1: All right, uh, moving on. Where do you see Rivian in five years? Hmm. I see it. I'm
0: uh, still still around at least. Yeah. <laughs> That's the first thing I think. Because so some people think they, they won't be. Um, no, like like you said, said they have a good team around them. That's the number one thing if you want to survive. And the product is good for the most part. So they have something there. It's just. Uh, you know, you remember when when they first they first started Rivian. We talked about them. We were always like, they got their priority in the right place. Right. They 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 didn't focus on marketing on on even showing a car or even taking pre orders before they were already thinking about manufacturing. They already had right. bought the Illinois normal Illinois plant from uh, Mitsubishi, I think it was. Yeah, I don't even remember because it was so long ago that they actually bought that plant. It was a long time ago because they were thinking about manufacturing first and everything. I think they lost a little bit of that, like with already now the new Georgia plant uh, in 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 motion. Before ever even figuring out what's happening in Illinois, uh, not even figuring out like they, they they have a vehicle in production things, but I think they need to have a vehicle in volume production, achieving a profit, uh, gross profit margin. Before ever deploying another production line, I think, because right now, Rivian cannot say that they know how to make a sustainable electric vehicle because you need to be financially sustainable if you want to make it because otherwise it it won't survive. Um, So do I think, but I do think they get there within five years. I think they get there faster than that. Uh, Probably at some point next year. And uh, and then that sport things gonna be interesting because that's when also the F one hundred and fifty Lightning is gonna be in volume production. Uh, the Silverado is gonna start uh, showing uh peeking out of the factory.
1: Uh, maybe the Cybertruck. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I don't know about that one. I mean, what what's yeah. coming first, the Cybertruck or the Roadster or the semi or yeah.
0: I mean, the semi. I think, like, I think we're gonna see it this year more, just but slowly, very slowly. Yeah, the uh, this, this Cybertruck would make more sense before the Roadster. It's just road Roadster, like, they pe- like, they've been they've been selling those with giant customer deposit for so long that it's starting to look pretty bad not to deliver <laughs> them
1: too. Yeah. All right, Mark Webb asks: There seems to be a trend toward rear wheel steering. Mercedes EQS, Rivian, BMW iX. Does Rivian have rear wheel steering? I forget. Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah. Existing Tesla models lack this feature. Do you think Tesla is, is a bit behind the competition in this respect? Well, didn't he well, one yeah. tweet that that was going to happen on the yeah cyber on year? the Cybertruck? Right? He already
0: said it's coming to the Cybertruck. And look, people, like it's not that big of a deal. That like it's cool, with everything, but no one needs that on the model three on the model Y. Maybe on model X. Maybe on, like, on bigger vehicle. Of course, it makes more sense on bigger vehicle. That's why EQS is quite a long car. Uh so maybe on the Mole S too it makes sense, but I I would I, I mean I don't know the size by heart, but I would think the EQS is a longer car than the Mole S. Um so, and it's not that big of a feature. For for an for a R1T, like the off-road like a a big electric vehicle that you can take off-road, then yes, it can make it can start making more sense. But I wouldn't say that they were behind commission because of that. Well, he says in that respect. Yeah, definitely in that respect, they are behind.
1: All right. Uh, moving on. Do you know of any good solar resources that are not biased by installers and manufacturers?
0: I'm not sure what, what do you think he means by resources.
1: I mean, I, I guess a lot of the resources out there or, you know, like websites or whatever. Uh, I was going to say uh, Google has a nice product called Sunroof. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can put your address in there if you're in yeah. the U S and, and, uh, it'll tell you how much solar. And then of course they have the links to mm. you know, uh, local solar installers. Uh, but you know, do your research, mm. uh, wholesale solar.com is a good place, uh, to do research. They obviously also sell you a solar setup, but, um, those are kind of the places I go to. Yeah. I mean the,
0: the thing with solar, I always thought like uh, I I do like Tesla software, so I'm like if I get solar, I would like to have Tesla s- solar because of the software. But well, now a lot of the companies have very interesting competing uh, solution on that front. If you get like a any type of solar installation that has like a solar edge inver- uh, uh, inverter yeah. for some reason, now so, solar edge as since your inverter is kind of the brain of the. um System, they they handle all the software features, so you still have like a Tesla-like app that tells you all the information about your system and everything. It's pretty cool.
1: All right, do you see Tesla producing RVs?
0: Example modify semi or standalone model? Standalone model? No, I think uh, not for a long time. Tesla's already too many on the table. Uh, but yeah, I've already I've already heard of people that ordered of Tesla semi with the goal of uh, turning it into some kind of an RV situation. I mean, it's not necessarily an RV, I guess. It's it's just more of a, like, you attach a trailer to it, like kind of a fifth wheel situation, but bigger, I guess. Uh, And uh, you pull it with the the test SMI. That would be be something. So maybe, I guess those people, what they're trying to do is to develop a trailer, a, a living trailer that works specifically with the um, with the Tesla Semi a bit like what happened what's happening with the Cybertruck and uh, and these guys at uh, Cyberlander developing a camper just for the Cybertruck so a lot of people are doing that already for the but not Tesla again that's not Tesla directly i don't think Tesla would do that
1: yeah you know the uh, what is it master plan part 2 uh all of those vehicles have at least been announced Except Elon did say something about a microbus or something, right? Or is it a transporter?
0: Yeah, yeah, no, there was, uh, but it was, it was about transport. I think it was about public transport. It was talking about a bus. Uh, there, and there's been rumors around the boring company forever now about Tesla developing a vehicle for them, but uh, nothing has ever come out of that. I guess with uh, maybe, maybe with, uh, especially now that the Las Vegas loop is, is expanding and it's going to, it looks like the near the next like, two or three years there's going to be an actual full-size boring company loop around the entire city of Las Vegas or at least the Strip, the airport, and a few other places. And if you have that, I think you kind of have to have a different like, – because right now, they're selling it as, like, this is going to be a bunch of tunnels with Tesla vehicles in it. But if you do that with the current Tesla vehicles, I just don't think it's an optimal situation. Right think you you need more uh, people like if you you need more like a a, of a a bus like wagon type of vehicle which people are like oh is just a subway then (laughs) yeah but it's not like if you you just do a more efficient i mean passenger efficient i'm talking about here i'm not talking about energy efficient but more efficient than passenger wise that basically that look like a wagon of, of a subway or a bus really but it's smaller a little bit, and you the the big advantage of the borrowing company is like you get them directly to the destination, so it's not going to stop at every stop, whatever. You get the people in it, and it's going to go like all right from that loop to you're going to uh, the Bellagio from the airport. Well, you're going to go directly there. It's going to stop anywhere. It's a lot more efficient that way. But so you have to be smaller, but also more efficient than just like a
1: four five people car. I don't know. We'll see. All right. Um, Yeah, RV would be be great. Um, So we get the top speed on the original microbus was 65 miles per hour. That's good enough.
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Uh, We do answer LinkedIn questions. Uh, You just don't see the user, apparently. Yeah, it's weird. And then uh, Mark Webb's back saying the turning circle is appallingly poor on the Model Y. Hmm. I wouldn't say appallingly poor, but it is not amazing. Um, But they could probably just you know give you some more steering on the front wheels um but you know the model y is not a huge car uh and it's almost like elon never drives or parks in cities i don't think that's true he's probably driving around la um or austin yeah or austin uh anything interesting you've observed with the tesla your tesla power wall
0: not really unfortunately like i uh, said i just i just came back from from mexico right now and it, it was installed while i was i was there it's it's at my new house too that i'm still building so there's like nothing happening there right now so it's it's pulling like uh less than a kilowatt uh the house is like barely pulling any energy at all and i'm just keeping the power wall charged at 85% it's pulling 0.1 kilowatt at the moment and uh, it's it's staying charged, so probably just a few lights on something. Um, now, once I move there and uh, I use it more, it's going to be more uh, interesting. And I, I plan to add also uh, power generation, most likely solar at some point, so that we can get a better use of it and just backup power. How do you heat the place? Electricity. Uh, is it? Everything is direct, electric. But like resist, resistance heat? Or, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right now, everything is through uh, just... Um, in French, it's clarifier, but like uh, on, on the walls, that, uh, just eaters like uh, right. But I mean, there's, but I'm replacing everything. I, I, I bought the uh, floor uh, electric uh, eating floors, and uh, like
1: radiant, uh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, radiant floors,
0: radiant floors everywhere. So that's gonna be the main source of uh, heat um, pump. Yeah, I plan to of a, a heat pump after too. Yeah, cool. so it's gonna be a, a mix of two, so that I can also get some air too in the in the summer. But that's uh, that's up and everything's gonna be electric. Uh, it's just like the solar is just because I like it more than anything because uh, it doesn't make financially it doesn't make that much sense because electricity is so cheap in Quebec and it's still relatively clean as a uh, hydroelectric. Though some people say it's not clean because you're diverging water.
1: But uh,
0: yeah, that's pretty much it. Can I go? Yeah.
1: Can I go to sleep now? <laughs> yeah, that's the end of uh, our question. So,
0: yeah, uh, sorry everyone. I just—it's uh, not my day today. Hopefully, I start getting better. i just gonna take the weekend to relax and and get back in shape because uh, this these last few days have been rough, 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 rough. I'm gonna go crash to sleep. But I appreciate everyone that's still uh, listening right now. Uh, I appreciate that you uh, listen to the show. Uh, If you like it, please give us a thumbs up helps the algorithm for some reason that I don't understand and it's free to do. It takes a second. So why are you not doing it? Do it right now. And uh, if you're listening on your podcast app, appreciate you for still listening right now before you switch to your murder mystery podcast or whatever else you're going to listen to. Uh, That's probably going to be more entertaining than us, but maybe not as informative. Uh, Thanks for listening, too. And if you can give us a five-star review, that helps the show a lot and uh, gets us up the charts and whatnot. Thanks a lot, everyone. Uh, See you next time next week. Bye-bye.